Come back next year, we'll have a bald eagle coming out of that egg. So, <laughs> always a surprise here at Church of the Palms. We have been spending the Lenten season taking a look at the uh, theme of interruptions. We interrupt this program and wondering about the different interruptions that take place in our lives and wondering how they may be the very point at which God is trying to do a new thing. And so today is the uh, ultimate of the interruptions, the interruption of the resurrection. And we hear this great story as it comes to us from John chapter 20. Hear the word of God. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they've laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb, and the two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first, and he bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but did not go in. And then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed, for as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. And then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And she went, and she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, I, they have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. And when she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if, if you carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, we pray, O Lord, that we would hear again those words from Mary, I have seen the Lord, and that we may not only hear them but believe them, and that we may rejoice in the new life that we find in Jesus the Christ, for we pray this in his name, amen. No one likes to think of themselves as an interruption. No one likes to think that they might be the cause of some change of plans. For years, I served as a chaplain to a police department, and one of my duties was to accompany police officers in bringing bad news. 
In the township where we served, it was the duty of the police department, along with the chaplain, to bring news of an untimely death to unsuspecting family members. It was our job to walk up to the front door of people's homes, ring the doorbell, and when the door was answered, to express to this person standing there unsuspectingly that it was our sad duty to interrupt their lives. It was our sad duty to give them the bad news. It was our sad duty to inform them that their lives would never be the same again. Every time I would do this, I would say to myself, would this someone else could be this interruption? How many times have you stood in traffic for way too long only to find that the cause of the whole thing was some poor soul whose fuel pump had stopped working while they were there in the left lane and the cause now of everybody's interruption I've been there a couple of times, including one Christmas day when I managed to drive the family car into a telephone pole, caused a five-mile, two-hour backup on, highway, on a highway in Lincoln, Illinois. You want to make people happy? Make them sit in traffic for two hours on Christmas day. <laughs> Everybody was wishing me a holly jolly Christmas. <laughs> no one wants to be an interruption. But interruptions can happen in all shapes and sizes. Some of you may remember me telling the story of attending with my family a Tampa Bay Lightning game. I'm sorry to mention the Tampa Bay Lightning team. But we, uh, we went to one of their games a few years ago, and one of the things about professional sports is that every second of every moment while you're inside the arena, you are entertained by, by something, entertained by something going on, sometimes even the game itself. You got music, you got video, you got games on the jumbotron, you got trivia questions, you got stupid little uh, competitions on the ice. So on this particular night, between periods, there came the announcement that we were going to have these corny, distracting games, and one of them was to have two kids, a brother and a sister, come onto the ice, the brother around 17, the sister around 15, and the competition was to see who could shoot the most pucks into the net from center ice. One shooting toward one net, the other shooting toward the other net, at both at the same time, so they had the brother and sister line up facing away from each other with sticks and hands, pucks before them, and on the count of three, the announcer blared, you start, the crowd's cheering, turn around, said the announcer, turn around, and the brother and sister turned around, and they looked, and there's this pregnant pause, and all of a sudden, they could see on the ice, 40 feet away from them, their Air Force father home from Afghanistan. And the girl stares in wonder, and all the worry of her dad far away, all the sadness of missing him, all the wondering if he would ever come back, all of it interrupted by dad himself. And she starts to run, and the ice makes the run much slower than she can stand, and she slips and she slides, and she buries her sobbing face into her father's shoulders, and she holds on for dear life, and her brother right behind holds on for dear life. Sometimes you're the interruption. And sometimes that's a really good thing. So John tells us a story that in the early morning shadows, a woman named Mary, Mary from the village of Magdala, Mary Magdalene, her own life shadowed by the grief of interruption, the interruption of seeing her gracious rabbi die a criminal's death, an unjust conviction and execution. Young Mary makes her way through the darkness of her grief and her shock and her pain and her sadness, and she comes upon the place where all things come to an end, the garden of tombs, to visit the tomb of her 
friend, her rabbi, maybe the only person who saw her for what she was, a child of God, and now all of that was no more. Now it's back to the way things used to be. Now it's back to wondering what life is really all about. So there she strolls through this garden of tombs, expecting to find the stone seal, the stone barricade, the stone-cold end to the chapter. But then comes the interruption, then comes the change of plans, then comes the break in the program where there was stone, there was no stone. Where there was body, there was no body. And now all of a sudden, an interruption, a new development in the drama. And because interruptions cannot be good things, let's imagine then the bad story has gotten even worse. Let's imagine that they must have stolen the body. It's the only way to look at an interruption, right? Can't be a good thing, has to be a bad thing. So she can't see the man standing right in front of her as the resurrected rabbi. She can't let her mind go there. She can't see except through her tears, and her tears won't least see her, let her see, her see standing before her, not death, but life. Mary, he calls her by name, Rabboni, she calls him by name, and now the interruption has been interrupted. The bad news is now the good news. Now death is life. Now the dark past and present are now the bright future. And now she has something inside her that she could never have dreamed she could have, for she has what's inside her is what is before her, the risen Lord. Now she has in front of her and inside her the good news. Now she has inside her the truth that is going to change everything. Now she can be the good interruption. Why in heaven's name would the good Lord choose for her of all people, she of little repute, of wrong gender in a patriarchal society, she of the seven demons, why would the good Lord choose for her to be the bearer of the good news? Why couldn't it have been Peter? Why couldn't it have been James and John? Why couldn't it have been Caesar, for God's sake? Some respected man, some would believe. Why does she get to be the good interruption? Why does she get to say that the world will never be the same, the same again? Why does she get to be the one to stand before this group of doubting, denying, betraying, suspicious men with unbelievable news? Why does she get to be the one that says, I have seen the Lord? But that's the way it works, right? That's usually how God does God's thing. He, he puts the treasure in the clay jars. He gives good news to people least qualified to deliver it. He entrusts the hope of the world to the hopeless. To start a nation, he chooses two old geezers named Abraham and Sarah who can't have any kids. To deliver his people, he chooses an ex-convict, Moses, who's got a speech problem. To enflesh the newborn savior, he chooses the womb of a peasant girl. To set the church on fire, he chooses the one guy who hates the church the most, Saul of Tarsus. It's the way God does God's thing, and that's the good news, right? Today we're here because of a woman long ago had the courage to take what was in here, what was before her, this resurrected Jesus, this good news, this world-changing message to take what was in here and deliver it to the world. I have seen the Lord. We're here because someone took it upon herself to be the good interruption. And so you know where this is going, right? You know where this story is going. You know that now we get to be, to be the ones who ask ourselves, why shouldn't it be me? Why shouldn't I be the good interruption? 
Why shouldn't I be the one who faces into the shadows of a world darkened by bad news and interrupt that program? Why shouldn't I be the clay jar that holds the treasure and not just hold the treasure, but deliver the treasure? Why shouldn't I be the one who says, I have seen the Lord? Because we're seeing the Lord, right? We're seeing the Lord, not, not just in the lilies. We're, we're seeing the Lord all the time, right? We're seeing the Lord when the sun comes up. We're seeing the Lord when the sun goes down. We're seeing the Lord when the next breath fills our lungs. We're seeing the Lord when we fall in love. We're seeing the Lord when we get more than we deserve. We're seeing the Lord when someone says, I forgive you. We're seeing the Lord when a stranger helps us. We're seeing the Lord when we help a stranger. We're seeing the Lord in that healing touch of a friend. We're seeing the Lord in that full plate that's sitting on our dinner table. We're seeing the Lord in all all the many ways by which God reveals himself. We're seeing the Lord even in that desperate Honduran family at the border. We're seeing the Lord in the cross that rises out of the ashes of Notre Dame. We're seeing the Lord, right? Come on, says Mary, come on. Let's go tell the others. Let's be the good interruption because, because if we're not the good interruption, then the world keeps on being that same old sad place. The world keeps on being that same old sad place where people argue about politics, where folks try to get ahead of each other, where citizens wins the day, where dog eats dog, where you only go around once and the one with the most toys wins, where the only one you can trust is yourself, where the headlines tell you it's just going to get worse. Come on, says Mary. We've got good news to tell. We've got a really bad program to interrupt. The hungry are being fed, children are being taught, the sick are being healed, lonely are being visited, strangers are being welcomed, the dead are being raised. We've got some worlds we have to change. How terrible it would be that we would let the world die of its own sad news. Like Pheidippides. You remember Pheidippides? Remember that ancient battle between the Athenians and the Persians? You remember how the Athenians didn't stand a chance? The army dwarfed in comparison to the Persian juggernaut. You remember how they met on the plain of Marathon and, and how the news of the day was how the Persians were going to destroy the Athenians. The headline of the day was that doom was in the air. The talking heads added up the numbers and said, Athens has no hope. So to battle they went on the plain of Marathon. One single afternoon, the Athenian army did what no one in the world expected them to do. They defeated the invading Persians, repulsed them, drove them back. An incredible victory. But what's a victory? If no one knows about it, and that's where Pheidippides comes in, Pheidippides is that young soldier who was commissioned by the generals to run back to Athens to tell them the good news, to interrupt the sad program, to turn the world upside down, to declare victory. Victory is all he needed to say. So he ran. That's why we've got marathons these days, because Pheidippides ran from marathon 25 miles to tell the news, because what's a victory without the news? And Philippides ran, he ran, and he ran, and he ran, and high upon the Acropolis he announced good news, victory. And Athens was never the same again, so our dear sister today runs. She runs down the Mount of Olives and up Mount Zion. She runs out of the shadows and into the brightness of the morning light. She runs out of her fear and into her courage. She runs across the course of time, generation to generation, century to century. And today she stands before us breathless and says, Victory! The world doesn't ever have to be the same again. So what is it going to be, my dear friends? Have you seen the Lord? 
Have you heard the good news? Have you witnessed the victory? Oh, the sad old world is so waiting to hear. The sad old world is just waiting for the good interruption. So how about it? Are you, are you, are you ready to run?